welcome to a new episode of A Fire Inside Out, a podcast where my buddy Jeff Cork and I run down each and every AFI album of all time. You're never going to believe who this is, Ben Hansen. Who is that other person? This is your buddy, Jeff Cork. Holy cow, what are you doing here? Introducing myself. <laughs> Perfect. Ta-da! Uh, so we're going through every album, AFI. How would you describe, what genre are they right now, Cork? Good old time rock and roll. Just some good, that is what I call good rock and roll um, uh-huh. music. Uh, so it's AFI, and we're covering their fifth album right now, which is called The Art of Drowning. It's mm-hmm. a classic. It is from September 19th, 2000. So where, is this like considered peak AFI for you? Yeah. Is so, it really? Yeah, I was really interested in this album just because this was my favorite, like growing up when I used to listen to them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else would always be like, oh, Black Sails is clearly the better album. Um, really? Like, I'd be like, well, I just, I'm partial to Art of Drowning. Don't know what to tell you. But yeah. I'll save my final verdict for the end on which way I'm leaning. Oh my gosh. But we've listened to Can all we just the- blow through this? Okay. Initiation is good. Uh, Lost Souls is okay. Nephilim, every day. Phoenix has a video. Smile. Phoenix okay, tell video. me. What is your verdict? We're going to get to oh, it, man. God. We're going to get to it. This is going to take forever. All right. So September 19th, 2000, when Art of Drowning is released. Uh, September 19th, 2000. A certain Davy Havoc is 25 years old. Wow. Which really freaks me out. 25. And I think people always kind of underestimate how much young people are capable of, but now that I'm over the age of 25, mm-hmm. it's terrifying to me to realize that Davy did this when he was 25. Yeah. He did so much. So much range for his voice. So much I drive to work every day. Yeah. I, that's probably the biggest thing I accomplish with my life. It's probably. I mean, you're raising a couple of beautiful children, but... Well, I'm a lot older than 41, though. That's true. All Wait, right. What? I blew that, didn't I? That's right. Don't worry about it. Okay, Uh-oh. so I was reading an interview around this time. Yeah. Uh, and somebody asked Davey Havoc, of course, who's the main singer for AFI. We should constantly reslate this He's thing. the main singer. He's the number one singer in my book. Yep. Uh, they asked him what he was into. Uh-huh. And this time, and it just feels like... A parody of Davy Havoc answered. Uh, it turns out he's really into Lovecraft. Uh-huh. He's really into Anne Rice and the Vampire Chronicles novels. Oh, God. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh-huh. Decorative Tops. <laughs> Bukowski. Uh-huh. The Breakfast Club and Tim Burton. Oh, boy. I feel like if you put all of those things in a blender, mm-hmm. Davy Havoc would just walk out. In, in his solid state. He wouldn't be blended anymore. He would just crawl out of it like a cartoon character. And then three quarters of a hot topic would splat on the ground behind him. And then get closed six months later. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that is Davy Havoc's state of mind at this point. Yeah. Um, Art of Drowning, when it released, it got to... I heard an interview. I heard other reports uh, that kind of contradict this. But according to this interview I heard with uh, the band, they were saying that it got to number 189 on the Billboard charts. And I guess the band was just freaking out. Like, it was by far the most successful album. Uh, top the shit out of Black Sails. They're all mm-hmm. really ecstatic about it. Why, though? I thought they they didn't they didn't want to be part of this thing, right? Well... They just wanted to sing for a few people. I don't think so. Really? I think these interviews around this time start to reveal a different side of them. So... They want stardom? Uh, so here's a part of an interview with Davey describing Art of Drowning. He says... I think that anybody who enjoyed Black Sails or the All Hallows EP would like The Art of Drowning, hmm. period. Full stop. It's a more dynamic album than Black Sails. It has more continuity, and I think it's more representative of AFI as a whole. Really? More continuity? Yeah. What does that mean? In a lot of the interviews around this time, that was his big talking point, is continuity, continuity. And I don't know if he just means more of a seamless album, like it has a more consistent theme, not quite concept album territory, but more venturing into that. Um, hmm. I think we'll talk about it as we dissect each song, but 
I think a continuity from it, like without spoiling things, um, it is shaped like a roller coaster. <laughs> so it's a seamless thrill ride down to uh, just awfulness. Okay. The track listing. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We'll get into I'm this. I'm not going to spoil it when I think of the, <laughs> the direction that the songs take. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so they also asked, every like, every interview with AFI around this time, it's a nice time timestamp on the year 2000 because mm-hmm. every single person asked about Napster. Like, Napster. Everything about Napster. Did you guys, are you Y2K. okay with people getting your, yeah, a lot of Y2K questions too. Uh, they kept talking about this 9-11 thing in the future. It was really bizarre. Interesting. But uh, with all the Napster questions, they're like, you know, what do you think about kids getting your music for free? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. How is music going to survive this, you know, tumultuous time? Yeah. Tumultuous time? Yeah, that uh, sounded great. Yeah. And so Davey says... He basically says that he's fine with it, mm-hmm. uh, that like, you know, if they download a track and they get turned on to us, because uh, I'm a pretty arousing figure, quote, unquote, no, uh, then they go and like buy the whole album. That's totally cool with him, him anyway to get their music out there. And he says, and for a band like us, where we don't get very much radio play and MTV won't touch us, our music is not accessible to everybody. That's because their videos are amateurish <laughs> garbage. <laughs> like the music is good. Yeah. But their videos like... MTV is in the, in the business of showing, like, decent quality videos, right, you think? Right. And, and so their previous work doesn't exactly hold up? It is just awful. The quality of... The like, quality of the videos... I is think em- third they, season's production is fine. It's embarrassing. I, I mean, we're watching, like, 240 versions on YouTube. I think if you saw third season compared to other music videos around that time, was it 97 or whatever, I think it's totally fine. I would say that even Thriller surpasses <laughs> that AFI video in every conceivable way. And that was like, what, 84? You say even Thriller's the greatest music video of all time. You right, I'm saying even like, that is better than AFI's. All right, we'll get John Landis on the next AFI video. It'll be pretty wicked. Yeah. All right, so we should probably dive into this whole Let's thing. Let's do this. Let's start with the track Initiation. What's your favorite line from Initiation? Um, Perfect. Here we go. <laughs> That little bass line there, it reminds me so much of Day of the Dead soundtrack. The little bass line coming up. Mm-hmm. I feel like something's building. Yep. So that's it. It's like a that's 35 it. second song. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the last couple albums have had a really nice introduction shot song. Yeah. And then this time around, it's like, ah, oh, let's just have some kind of building musical tones, um, which but, I guess it kind of has like that climax, which Fall Children has for like a good point to really freak out in the crowd, like mm-hmm. when the full band really kicks in. But I don't think they really use Initiation as like a real opening track very often. I, okay, then it's kind of like a, I think a, a package deal to talk about this. And then you have to talk about the next track, The Lost Souls, right, as one complete thing. Because if you skip to track two, you still have... Like the bleeding, the end of initiation bleeding into it. Right, so, right. So why did they do that? It just seems completely unnecessary. Really? I think it's cool. I love the way it kind of bleeds in. I feel like we've complimented them in the past for when like tracks kind of seamlessly interweave. Like if you're jumping around in the MP3 age, I can see where it'd be a little bit strange. But I mean, I like having that that continuity, Cork. I think it's very important. I <laughs> The continuity is critically important, actually. Yeah. I just think that it's... So seamless to the point of it's the same song that just they just happened to have surgically cut off 
the first right. moments of it. Yeah, there's so no need to really divide it out, I guess. No, absolutely not. And I think that it's The Lost Souls is a great song, mm-hmm. and it sounds gross because of that. Well, let's like, listen to the very beginning of Lost let's Souls. Let's listen then. to Skip Ahead, right? From the very beginning. Here we go. All right. Yuck. It's fine. It's got a big wind blast. It's like Nobody less than that. a second and a half. That's all it takes, baby. All right. Well, let's listen to the beginning of Lost Souls here. All right. Part in the background, I always thought it was them saying, Come to me all sexually. <laughs> that is, uh, in fact, not what they're saying no. in Lost Souls. Something about sanctuary. Yeah, right? come to me, your sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, is what they're God, going even for. I could understand that, Ben Hansen. Come on. Yeah, sorry. I'm not too great at that. But this is an interesting, I guess, technically not first song, but basically introduction song. Um, this it's is called the first song. That's what's going on. Basically, the first they song. It. Yeah, I mean, it's the first in a couple albums here where it doesn't really have kind of a building communal theme to it mm-hmm. it's just getting right into the more poetic uh lyrics uh just right out of the gate it's about a relationship very catchy it is catchy yeah i like the breakdown coming up here at this part singing Davey back here. We gotta wait for the big build up here because it's so good. Uh, back to the chorus of Lost Souls. Look what you've done to me now. You've made me perfect. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of confusing lyrically. It's like being corrupted by somebody you're in a relationship with that ends up perfecting you or maybe opening your eyes a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the song is a little bit prettier than we've come to expect from AFI in the past. Absolutely. I was I was listening to it and I was thinking, it's so easy to forget. We, we refer to these two songs in particular, but so easy to forget that this is the same band that sang about the cereal aisle, sure, and cutting your wiener off so you could join a women's bowling league. Yeah, thank God he had so many uh, things to rhyme with wiener in yeah. that song. It really added to the poetic flow. Yeah, so that's Lost Souls. I like that song. Yeah, I do too. Again, it, it just it struck me right out of the gate how they're not. It's not much of a rally song. Yeah, and like compared to every, like the last couple of albums, this entire album, which I never really mm-hmm. thought about before doesn't really have that rally aspect, that kind of us-against-them aspect. Yeah. It's much more Davy looking inward. Yeah. I, I suspect what happened, though, like, to be honest, is that he saw how much cleanup was required after the shows because people are getting a little rowdy. And he's oh, like, see. if we can cut back on the horseplay, maybe we'll just dial it back a little bit. So, like, look what you're doing to me now. Right. And then he, he point to a broom. Yeah. yeah someone's going to clean up these 
bottles of Sprite. Hey, how about we make this floor perfect, ladies and gentlemen? Ta-da. All right, so next song is called The Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining everybody listening to this podcast is very familiar with The Nephilim, Why? primarily because it was featured in uh, MTX Moto Tracks on the PSP. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, it was the second ending track for the Happy Gilmore DVD <laughs> release or something. <laughs> no, we're going more obscure from that. I don't know. This game came out in like 2004, and why they would license this relatively obscure track from Art of Drowning is just mind-boggling to me. But here we go. This is the Nephilim. Arsenic for the girls and boys are the lyrics there. He sings uh, about boys and girls a lot on this album. Yeah, that's true. Or at least twice that I can think of. So yeah, that's no, that, that's true. He does mention uh, children a fair amount. I don't know if it's just a part of him looking inward, but hang on, here's the, here's the chorus. Okay. So the reason this song stands out to me, like the In Shadows Growing Wings, is there's an old AFI t-shirt or like a sweatshirt mm-hmm. uh, that had like a demon thing on it. And then the front said, I remain. And in the back, it said, In Shadows Growing Wings. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it, it's kind of a fine fine song. Yeah. There's a pretty sweet breakdown mm-hmm. in about the middle of it. I feel like with AFI, especially like on this album, they've created more and more of a divide between kind of the breakdown musically yeah and the regular songs i feel like that's almost for- warranting like two reviews of each songs like the breakdown part and yep. then the actual chorus part i actually wrote down something about that it just seems like like the more i listen to them do you think they feel some sense of obligation to have a breakdown or a slowed part where it's just like uh this is just what we do you know you yeah know, you've learned to like it we're that band i guess so it's like you either get that or you have demonomania exactly we're either going one speed all the way through everybody or we're gonna have that breakdown yeah yeah it'll be interesting actually to keep track of these songs and see if any of them don't have a breakdown i'd imagine pretty much all of them do i would like if some didn't because they are they really do have the 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 capacity of ruining a track in my opinion do you think it does a bad breakdown can totally blow it yeah huh all right for sure and how do people react to a song like this in concert when there is a slow breakdown right like people are like you know, swirling around in a pit, and then there's just like sure. this melodic non sequitur in the song. I think people are into it because it gives them that chance to catch their breath, go take a sip of their beer, and then wait for the explosion again. I mean, uh-huh. you know, like all those techno clubs you go to, you got to have the drop. You know, you got to wait for that moment when you can <laughs> yeah. really explode, and that's what the breakdown allows for. Okay. Uh, but here's the breakdown for the next one. And I feel like this entire podcast, and I don't want to turn into this, but it could so easily turn into like the, this is what I always thought the lyrics were about. Yeah. <laughs> just like you hear things. I think this is fascinating because you were a little boy when you were listening to this and I just want to hear what you thought songs were about. Well, it's just like they get drilled into your head over and over yeah. again and you lock it down a certain way. And so like, I always thought in that song, he goes, like the devil, man's best friend. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Just little things like that. Where it's like little phrases that I cannot drill out of my head. Even mm-hmm. if I've read these lyrics 30 times at this point, ready to move on to the next one. Yeah, I guess, uh, ever in a day, <laughs> I'm just going to play it right from the beginning so we can get a good sense of it. Then I want to get your take. Yeah, for sure. 
come back in. But that's the memorable part of Everett a Day is just that intro guitar because it stands out so much. I and then Davey's singing here. Yeah. Let's, okay, here That's we go. the memorable part for me. I'm slowly trying to sleep with nothing left to lose. All right, eventually it builds up. Yeah. But what was your take on this song? Well, I think it clipped off, clipped, uh, clipped off at the very beginning of the song. Uh-huh. Is he sings Calamity? Yeah. The word, and it's, a, it's a really silly pronunciation. And I, it sounds like he's got a cold, yes. too. Yeah, for sure. And that's... And I totally feel like nothing but empathy for him because we've done podcasts where it's just like, here's the schedule. Like, they have booked this recording There's session. There's no way he actually had a cold. It sounds like he's got a cold. I, I hope that he has a cold because otherwise... It... I think I think they're experimenting with his range and he is specifically. And in this song, I mean, it eventually builds. Like, here, here's where... Let's just jump to him changing his tone then. So it's a layered song where he's eventually working yeah. his way up to Screaming, which he's done a couple times in the right, past. Right, right, right. But I do think, yeah, it's just so he can have a deeper rut to start in to kind of build himself out of. He starts with like this. It, it sounds like listening to one of your friends who thinks he's a really good singer. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, God, do I have to listen to this much longer? And yeah. I, I think that that register is awful for him. And he keeps yeah. revisiting it in this album, which I don't understand. Like, does he listen to that and think that it's good? Yeah, because it's awful, and it, it, especially when he's such a strong vocalist in in other ranges. You know what I mean? Right. Like, What's your favorite he, range of Davey? Is it like the borderline the, scream or the one that you just played before? Right. The, the borderline scream. I think that that's super strong. Yeah. And then <laughs> when he does, I think this song. I mean, you say that it's prevalent on the album, and I do think that the song, this album overall, is obviously much slower. Like, I'd love to see like a numerical bpm breakdown like beats per minute of the entire album yeah i'm that kind of a nerd but i think this is the deepest that he goes throughout the entire album i think he does it another time too okay he might he might get somewhere close to that but i think right ever in a day in general i like the song when it kicks in it's really good yeah yeah and here we're but unfortunately in. you have to suffer through that beginning and it just it's a little bit of a bummer but i think it just shows how much they're experimenting on this album and how much they're trying to show the dynamic range of the entire band going through the album is kind of harnessed within this one song just because it goes to so many different places but let's just kick in towards the end here yeah, don't go to that place though <laughs> yuck funky bass line yeah Again, that's great, but just to build up there is too annoying for you. I, I don't think you have to build up to hit that that range. Okay, yeah, hit I guess so. I, I'm sure they're just trying to change up their sound to a certain extent. Yeah, they should have someone like proofread their audio, <laughs> <laughs> put a big red line through that opener. <laughs> uh, I wonder how many people have gotten engaged to that song. Like the lines, like "Will you be my beloved?" I bet it's far fewer than you think. What are we going three? Is it three? People in like a 
polyamorous relationship, I would say That's yes. Right. I don't think three couples, no. Three weirdos. <laughs> three weirdos. Married each other. All right. I mean, yeah. there is there an engagement song? Do you normally play a song as you're getting engaged? They have other every other aspect of the wedding market has been cornered. My God, I don't know. Just to go off, I think that we have a tendency to try to make everything a moment. Maybe we should just ease off. So you're saying life is more than a series of moments? Yeah, it really is. You so, know what I was thinking about recently? What are you thinking about? There should be a way to cash in Facebook likes. <laughs> you know, like when you post yeah. something and it's like, holy cow, this is worth something. Yeah. It should be like influence instead of decay. You should be able to like have an overall clout number or like uh-huh. a like number. But the likes have to be weighted against like if the people that are liking them are just objectively human garbage, mm. then they're, they take away from the pool. And that's based on like Because otherwise many... you could post something like, hey, here's some racist stuff real quick. And then you have like an uncle that's just like this tributary to hate. You know what he I mean? He signs up for Facebook just exactly. to like that. Just to like that, yeah. Okay, so if there's any like Confederate flags in your profile picture, it'll nullify your like score? Unless you see it as like a legitimate part of the United States history. You know, it's, <laughs> a, it's actually about freedom. And there should be some like uh, economics built into the like system. Like if you like everything, your like is worth less mm-hmm. than if you like very sparingly. I think that's a good idea. Because I think like is a potent tool. I really do too. It's like, have you ever been reminded to message somebody or like talk to somebody because of a like, like somebody you haven't talked to in a while? Mm-mm. I had one recently where somebody like liked a photo yeah. and it's this lady and I was like, man, maybe I should give another call. Like, I think I'm reading way too much into a like, but it really does go through my mind. Like, maybe there's something there. She yeah. liked my photo. Yeah. What was the photo of? Uh, it's a, <laughs> of my parents. <laughs> oh God. Of the Your parents holding the rock band guitars yeah, in the vault? Yeah. In the, in the vault. In the game vault. <laughs> So clearly she wants to make a baby. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. All right. We can move on from Let's this move topic. move on. You uh, know what I think is funny? Yeah. Is you called out the fun bass part in the last song and mm-hmm. Sacrifice Theory, this next song, why don't you just cue that up? This song, I mean, if you're bummed out about the kind of slow build of Ever in a Day, mm-hmm. Sacrifice Theory is here to just blast that out. We have not had a crazy bass finger solo right. intro in a long time and here it is this song's like a blowgun of rock a blowgun that's like a thump. yeah no like, i think you want like a machine gun no just the way it like starts fire hose yeah i guess just ever every day blowgun is just like a guy blowing out that's what i mean part. i mean it's like getting all its energy ready just a quick thump, and it's oh. just hitting you all right here we go okay. sacrifice theory Definitely, like one of those songs you could tell. Oh, the Misfits influence is coming through big time with. Oh, chorus, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess I really thought about that, yeah. but yeah, for sure. I mean, this song uh, on this album was the one that took the biggest jump for me. Where it's like Sacrifice Theory. Remember that being a good song, mm-hmm. but listening to it again, it's like, oh, this is one of my favorite on the album. Yeah, it's really good. Except for, I think this is one of the instances where the breakdown pulls it down a bit. Yeah, it slows it down. It's yeah. like. Again, it just like sometimes it doesn't seem necessary, and this is a song where it's like that. It's, I don't know that they need to. Go, oh, we'll just, we're, we're pulling from a template. You know, right. This is what the song needs is a breakdown because I think it would have been way better without it. 
I hear you. That said, I really, really like the breakdown and sacrifice theory. I think, I, I mean, there's rarely a breakdown that I don't appreciate just for changing the tempo of the song, <laughs> but here's sacrifice theories. I love Jade going for the slide yeah. there. I gotta wait for the wait for the close out of there. Do you know what he's saying there? No. He's screaming, let me taste the life flow. Hmm. That's a part of the lyrics of Sacrifice Theory, which is always a bit odd. Isn't it Sacrifice Hypothesis? If you want to be like super critical about the title no that's not that's not really think about it too okay. much um but yeah this song i think is super fun i like it, it too it definitely changes tones when you read the lyrics uh feel 1000th lost sinking into soft skin ingest rejuvenation one to consume one to renew demanded invitation do you want to feel the warmth do you to taste the life to taste the life do you want to taste the life mm-hmm. to taste the life to taste the life flow I understand, like, it's tough to read the lyrics out loud and have it sound cool. It's like if you read the lyrics of Salt and Peppa's Push It, be like, mm-hmm. well, this is the worst song ever made. <laughs> but then, like, you play it, and it's like, oh, it's actually a super fun yeah. song to hear. Uh, but that was the one where it's just like, maybe it's just the life flow thing was throwing me off uh, more than it should. What bothers you about that? Just the idea of let me taste the life flow? He's drinking blood. That's what this is oh. about. Yeah, it's like that... human sacrifice. The life flow is like the blood. Yeah, you're right. That's... Stupid That's why it didn't bother me. Connect that. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out this song's badass. This song's badass, except <laughs> for when he has like that dopey cartoon character voice when he does the breakdown. blood. <laughs> oh boy, quirk! You got a fun future ahead of you. Yeah. All right. Next song is "Greetings and Goodbyes." Is it of greetings and goodbyes? Of greetings and goodbyes. Yeah, it's very, very specific. Yeah. This one really confused me because listening to it again, mm-hmm. it feels like. What should have been the second single off this album? Yeah, after Days of the Phoenix, but I, I don't know why I thought that. Maybe I just listened to it so much. But I, I guess it's just I think it would have worked nicely as the second main single if they wanted to make another music video. Yeah. All right, but let's just dive right into Greetings and Goodbyes. Another kind of children themed song about fairy tales and stories and monsters and he's all that a monster stuff. yeah it turns out he's kind of the monster what do you think of greetings and goodbyes i like it and mm-hmm. i like the part where the he's singing and they're like the guitar is kind of picking along with him yeah but yeah at the same time like it's mixed way too loud cork so, god so, bless you i wrote down the exact same thing yeah it's like totally stepping on his lines where it's like if it just eased back a little bit it would have been Super perfect. Yeah, here's here's that part right here. That 
That actually got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I think the guitar is mixed too loud on this entire album. And yeah. I'm not a record producer. I can barely produce a goddamn podcast. But if you listen to the guitar throughout this entire album, it's always like, that is a little bit louder than the average album is compared to where the vocals are at. I wonder if he was, like the guitarist was leaning back or someone was and their ass just kind of slid the sliders up on the mixing board. Right. And nobody noticed. Well, I think I think it was like kind of Jade, the That's guitarist, goes, like right? walking by the mixing board and then kind of like intentionally rubbed his ass against it just to bump it up a little bit. Or he just flicked it. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Davey, you fucking coward? bully, right? <laughs> oh, he's a real jerk. Yeah, you've seen footage of this bloke. Uh, <laughs> but the breakdown part, like the bass always feels like, it reminds me of like chest compressions or like the, what's the clear thing, those oh, paddles? Oh, defibrillator? Yeah, that's what it always makes me think of. Here we go. That part where it kicks and I just oh, cannot yeah. get that imagery out of my head. Huh. Don't need to worry, it is just another monster. A lot of secret shows yeah. and of greetings and goodbyes. It's difficult to take anything seriously when you're singing about a monster. You're using <laughs> the word monster. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Such a Mommy's little monster, concept, the yeah. social distortion thing. Yeah, it's tough to tough to be cool. But I mean it kind of fits in the overall theme of this album, I guess. Yeah. Next song is Smile. Yeah. This is kind of their second attempt in the course of this album to like, let's just punch you in the gut with a, a heavy song again. Yeah. Remind you guys we can be hardcore. So here's Smile. Adam, the drummer, mm-hmm. said in an interview around this time that this was the hardest song to play. Uh, really? that, like that drum intro and then leading into the drums for the entire song. He said this was the most difficult. But I'm curious how it struck you. This song, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the like longest stretches where I could understand what, what David Havoc was singing. Oh, really? Yeah. When he's talking about he's going to light the world on fire. This oh, is not right. quote, like word by word, word for word. And then... He's going to write his first love song. In the burning light, he'll mm-hmm. write his first love song. Here's this part, actually. And the way... <laughs> oh, no. The way that he leads out of it, it always sounds a little bit dumb. But I have, I have a lot of thoughts in this section here. Okay. Okay. will feel warm. Okay. And then we're going to go back and listen to it again. Because, yeah, the way he says, I will feel warm. Uh, but then... <laughs> Beyond that, uh, just listen to like the background vocals and then think about like what their direction was. I have no idea how this works, that you can have an entire group of people singing the backup vocals and it's just incoherent what they're saying. <laughs> okay. Like there must be some sort of direction where it's like, you know, really elevate this to the point of obscuring the lines. I think there was a cue card that just said, go nuts, <laughs> exclamation point. Here we go. maybe they're just like softening your ass mumble mumble more yeah hey your ass mumble mumble more actually i have the lyrics here let me find smile see what they're actually okay so uh hydra eyes in heaven in the lies believe 
relieve and then davy comes in and says i'll end the world tonight mm. overwhelmed with the deep repulsion for sights seen so commonly now i have come to be a walking enmity for humanity good rhyme the human blasphemy i'll end the world tonight so you know, it's back to an old aggression theme speaking but, of ending things yeah you play the the closing moments of this song sure Oh, the weird kind of fly this noise. We don't really have fade-outs from AFI. Yeah, that's true. And it's... that was just such a rapid one. Like, they're making panicked glances at the guy in the booth. Like, we do not know how this one ends. Uh... <laughs> I always hate it when songs fade out lyrically. Like, I think, like, in the oh, 70s, yeah. it's a big thing. But like, like, hey, Jude? Yeah. Yeah, but like, what's the idea that they're just singing that forever and we're just walking away from them? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I wonder. Maybe I remember, we're like, with like, wait, Paul McCartney is losing his freaking mind. We gotta get away from this loon. <laughs> Slowly backing out of the recording studio. Hey, yeah, you too. I see you over there. <laughs> I think that's how that song ends. Yeah. All right. Uh, next song is "Story of Three. Yeah. Ready for this duty? I'm ready for this duty. different from the beginning of ever in a day and we'll come back to it in a bit uh but still it kind of feels like a similar uh speed of an intro focusing mm-hmm. on guitar clearly ever in a day was just the guitar so i have a question for you yeah two questions actually sure so we are of a different generation so like when you got this it was just a series of files on your computer or did you buy like an actual cd no this one it would have been a burn CD. Okay. Uh, so it was a random collection mm-hmm. burned onto CDs as like an MP3. Right. Uh, but this w- did you have this album like yeah. sequentially burned this was, as an album? Yes. This was the first like AFI album that I had sequentially burned. Okay. So I can't, I can't say did you feel ripped off, but do you ever mm-hmm. feel disappointed when you see this, what seems like an enormous track listing, and you realize 15 minutes into it you were more than halfway through? It's a speedy album. Yeah. Oh, not really. Yeah. I was never disappointed by FI Quirk. Okay. Interesting. It never happened. Now, the other thing here, this is not yeah. really a question, it's more of a um more of a demand. Sure. On on you. I think I like this this song. Yeah. I would like you to convince me that I like it. <laughs> All right. I'm kind of like right on the fence. Sure. Well, let's dive into it. So around 40 seconds is when the lyrics actually kick in. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting because they say the name of the song, which is relatively rare. It's yeah. kind of like a Led Zeppelin syndrome where they Rarely get around to saying the name of the song within the song itself, but here's yeah. story at three. I think it's a really, really strong chorus. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Yep. Here's here's the part where he says it. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, as for convincing you throughout the rest of the song, uh, I think that the breakdown is especially pretty mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, later on, Davey kind of has a little duet with himself. Uh, and there's a part later on that I think sounds really, really cool. 
There's a couple things I'm not crazy about in this song. Like when Davey says deathless ones. Yeah. Uh, he says it a fair amount throughout the course of the song. Here's, it's coming up here. Deathless ones. There's a lot of deathless ones in here. Yeah. Uh, so the part later on that I always think sounds mm-hmm. a little bit douchey is once the breakdown kicks in. Yes. Uh, it's a very melodic, pretty breakdown, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. But then later on, it's just like Davy's getting a little bit too into it, and just feels like an '80s rock thing. There. Yeah. At the end, it seems like less of a breakdown and more of like a big romantic swell of an ending. Yeah. Yeah. Of. So yeah. here's an example here. Like, that sounds cool. Like, I like yeah. when he's screaming over it, yeah. but then he gets really into it coming up here. That part right there. Yuck. He's like, oh, boy, they sure did sing to me in those lyrics that I completely pulled out of my ass. I feel like, are we especially cynical this episode? What's happening here? I don't know. I, I think we're having fun. Okay, good. Yeah, I like the, like... I don't want to come across as being too negative because I think this is a really strong album. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, so also this song has a super crazy drum solo going back into it. I mean, which almost every breakdown does, but yeah. this one really stands out. Let's listen to that real quick. Cool stuff. Yep. And I guess this could have used like an immediate fade out, I think, like Smilehead. Sure. But it could have been used to great effect. All right. I can see that. Uh, I, if any song is kind of rallying that communal aspect mm-hmm. uh, from the lyrics in the past, I guess it would be Story at Three. I mean, there's the lyrics about we are the wakeful, wry and watchful. We're awaiting deathless ones. But it kind of starts out talking about, you know, love and the moonlight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it could be seen just as like a a two-person job. I don't know if Davey's inviting the entire uh, AFI community into this little romp. Yeah. But why yeah, not? I. There's room for us all. Listening to it again in bits and pieces, do you like Story 3 a little bit more? Yeah. I, I think there are elements that I really enjoy. Okay. But as a whole, yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So next song. This is Days of the Phoenix. Days Dan of the Hansen. Phoenix. And this is- This is a song about black velvet and a little boy's smile. You got it. Yeah. You got it all. Yeah. Uh, and Ghosts Upon a Stage. Uh, yeah. What was your big takeaway from Days of the Phoenix here? I immediately thought, this is a single, right? That was my first impulse. That's amazing to me. Okay. Let's just listen to the beginning to remind people. What's your favorite part of the story about Crush Velvet, Candle Wax, and Dried Up Flowers? Oh, man. That Harlequin mask that was hanging on the wall right next to that little tableau. (laughs) Yeah, it was really a great moment. Uh, So it's interesting that you singled this out as the single. Does it just sound popular than everything, easier to understand, or what do you think stands out about it? Both. And it it sounds like probably up until this point, the most carefully produced song. Most carefully produced. It seems like it's like you can tell they spent a lot of time on this one. Not to say that the other stuff was just like carelessly thrown together. Sure. But it seems like this one in particular has like 
had a lot of the rough edges sounded off. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what what defines like a a radio-friendly song then? Is think, it just having those rough edges sanded off? Yeah, I think to a certain degree. And uh, this has just got like a really poppy feel to it. Right. And I, I was like, I really like this. And mm-hmm. I wonder, what's what's the AFI community? What are they, is this just like the beginning of the end, like you sellouts? Yeah, to some extent. Like this was never my favorite song on the album, mm-hmm. but I've heard it a lot just yeah. because of the video and everything else that kind of blew up around it. But this song did get surprisingly popular uh i remember this was like peak afi fandom for me and also i was really into mtv cribs at this time yeah and they played it in the background during an mtv cribs episode for who <laughs> I don't, it wasn't anybody remotely related to afi but it was just like as like they're walking into the house with their rapid fire like sped up camera shots going in there right but, before they talked about the mm-hmm. magic happening in every goddamn room of that house interesting they said we need to decorate this place with crushed velvet and dead flowers. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so I, before we recorded this, like yeah. right before, yeah. um, you said, hey, there's a- Oh, hang on. Can I stop you? Yes, you so can I- stop me. Stop right. me. Sorry. We'll get to the we'll get to the video in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but I do want to address the exact question that you had. Yes. Um, because this song, not only was it featured in MTV uh, Cribs, mm-hmm. but also the music video was played quite a bit on MTV2. Okay. Uh, it was in the rotation, rotation even though- before the album came out, David did that interview where he's like, yeah, MTV just kind of ignores us. Never had MTV 2. Oh, it was great. I like the two-headed dog logo. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I remember like one time they just played like an entire Moby album. I think it was 18. Is that the name of the Moby album? Sure. They just like played it in its entirety and it just like had like a cool visualizer and I loved it because I really, was really into Moby at the time. But anyways, um, the song was also on the radio a fair amount. And so a lot of people were asking the band about that kind of popularity and what they think about yeah. it. Yada, 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 how the fans are reacting. And Adam Carson, the drummer, uh, he had a very passionate plea where he says, it really pisses me off when someone gives me shit for being on the radio. It's like they're trying to deprive me of this really happy experience. I understand that mainstream radio rotation can do crazy things for bands. The radio can take your favorite band and make them so huge that you can't connect or relate to them anymore. And you have to share them with the rest of the world. But people need to realize that most likely this won't happen with us. I really don't see us fitting the mold that a mainstream band has to fit into to be meg- mega successful. I want as many people as possible to hear our band. To answer the question, um, I like hearing AFI on the radio. <laughs> but I love that line where he says, yeah. don't deprive us of this really happy experience. Like, yeah. They are excited that their stuff is being heard. Like, It's a real thrill that they haven't really experienced before. That's got to be cool to go into your automobile, turn on the FM radio, and there you are. You want to turn it up and say, that's me. The old days of the Phoenix blasting yeah. through. Uh, there is a line in Days of the Phoenix here. I'm gonna... Everybody was dancing. Teenage that's... Jeff boys. Teenage Jeff girls. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. Here, listen to this part, though. Okay, so the <laughs> right before he starts talking about the circle of rage, mm-hmm. the line is, the words were as mystical as purring animals. <laughs> mystical. <laughs> Mystical is purring animals. That just reminds you, like, oh, this is just like a 25-year-old guy, like, who's super into kind of dark stuff, but it's a pretty juvenile attempt this at that. This doesn't know what to do with it. I, I guess What are so. these words? <laughs> when you put them together, what does this mean? How is this changing what the What does meaning? the word mystical mean? Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes me question AF, or like Davey's overall approach to lyrics this time around. Mm-hmm. Like, without really the anger, without really the communal rallying aspect, now it's just, like, pure poetry and yeah. I don't know if he's the strongest at pure poetry. Like, I like God Called Him Sick today, and maybe that's as poetic as he got before, but that still has some 
temple and reality. Whereas stuff like Days of the Phoenix, it's like it. I'm not saying it's jumbled together, but it certainly starts to feel a little bit more like these are a bunch of cool dark things. Let's put them in a song. Except for mystical purring animals, that is really. <laughs> I'm bewildered. Yeah, it's an odd one, but it doesn't make any f-ing sense. It's it's a weird choice. But I was really excited that you called this out as the one that has single having no knowledge of this song ahead of time. Yeah. And you did not know that it had a video associated with it. I did not have it. I did not know for sure. Yeah. But I, you came in the room. I know this happened like half an hour ago. So how can I possibly remember? Sure. But, and you said, we have to watch a video. And I said, is it for, and I like looked through my notes and I had written it down in my notes. I was like, is, is it for Days of the Phoenix? And you're like, yeah. So then I had predictions about what the video was going to be like. Yeah, what would you And predict? unfortunately, I was wrong. So if, could you describe the video, first of all? Sure. So it's the band at uh, at a venue, mm-hmm. and they're kind of setting up. And I guess the theme of the video is it's kind of tying into the line in the song where it says, falling into the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like they're by themselves, and then a crowd appears as the song kind of explodes. Yep. Um, it shows Davey kind of lamenting in the back room for a while, a lot of time dilation and distortion. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the, the audience is gone again, and the band is kind of on their own. Well, let's... You you gloss over Davy in the hallway. Yeah, right. Well, there it's are three. The back room. There are three Davies. Right, and they all take turns singing, and he's got his arms crossed over him. Right, like he's just holding himself because otherwise he might fly apart. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things I remember. All like all the time dilation stuff, like just cool things. Where, like, like people Davey's like speed singing. up really fast. I thought originally there was like a buffering issue. Yeah, no, it really looks like that now for sure. And I, I, at first, I was like, oh, this isn't as impressive as I remember it, like with the band like freezing and kind of midair in the background mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then that Davey hallway shot where there's three of them in that hallway, yeah, I think it holds up really well. Like, it'd be a really tough thing to shoot. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, he's, the song is kind of transferring between the three of them, yeah. and they're picking it up, but it's seamless for where they left off. So mm-hmm. when they would have to record Davey, they'd have to have it mapped out, and he'd have to like jump from one part in the song to the next part in the song right. seamlessly. And to do that and still make his mouth look great i understand he's not actually singing it that way right but i think it's a really cool effect yeah, it's and it's cool kind of as it is it's hilarious though because it's like i <laughs> my my okay i'm sure that he's like totally different person but just sure going off of the music mm-hmm. and like what f- little video footage i've seen i, <laughs> I have this image of of uh, david havoc being this like self-absorbed blowhard Interesting, and I, and I you said by all accounts he's like a super funny, charming dude. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I, I just imagine him in the video, just insisting like, "Look, I want to be in the hallway here. No, no, there has to be more of me." And then the guy's like, "Okay, we can have two of you in here. No, 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 no. There's got to be three of me back here <laughs> to do this properly." And I need to sing by myself. And meanwhile, they have like just a few like, uh, "Okay, whatever." Shots of uh, dr- the drummer Guy Normal, which <laughs> is my my favorite because again he just looks like he's from a completely different band. I saw he's either- wearing a black T-shirt this time though, so you, I know Dave, David Havoc is wearing like some kind of dark denim feather contraption. Yeah, he's he's really into fashion. But I saw an interview with Adam where they asked him about that. Like, you don't really wear much makeup, and the rest <laughs> of the band does. And he goes, "I wear makeup. I'm just a drummer, so I'm in the back, so you can't really see it." But it must be some pretty subtle makeup throughout this era. Yeah. But this is like prime Davey. He's got like the long bangs over his face. Mm-hmm. And I still really, really love the shot, even though they kind of ruin it because they do like this kind of 
what would you call it? Uh, Jesus Christ, help me back with VCR technology, yeah. but where the screen kind of like flips and rolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like tracking. I guess it's a tracking kind of, issue. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of like put that throughout the video. Mm-hmm. But there's this one moment like when it's actually getting out of the breakdown and back into the chorus mm-hmm. where Davey's kind of like looking up and then kind of like explodes. I, I yeah. love it. And he looks so happy. Mm-hmm. It's like he looks very happy. You know who he reminds me of in this video, though? Who's that? Uh, Janet Jackson in that Scream video. <laughs> Oh, that music video is awesome. Like the most expensive music video ever produced at the time. Yeah. Oh. And it seems like they have the same stylist. Yeah, it certainly could be. But you talked about him talking th- to the director in the hallway and yeah. the director being uh, lamenting Davy's existence in your uh, role play scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that director <gasps> is named Mark Webb. Really? So you're talking about the shoddy production of the music videos. Were you talking about this one as well? Or just before this? Before this. Okay, yeah, because I think this music video is pretty well shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it is Mark Webb who did the surprisingly great movie 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah. And then he went on to do Amazing Spider-Man, which is not so amazing, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. But Hmm. it's just a weird connection that a lot of it started with uh, the AFI music video days. So my music video prediction for this, though, Mm -hmm. I was thinking that there'd be one scene where he was shot and he was behind glass in black and white, and there was like rain and shadows. <laughs> <laughs> it was beating up on the on the glass. Okay. And I did have in my mind an image of him holding himself like he did in the hallway. Okay. So that made it through. I was I was pleased. That made it, it through. made it through three times actually. All three versions of him were doing that, except for actually the the version of David in the back. He's like hand on the wall, just around with things. It doesn't seem like he's got much choreography at all but whatever i'm glad your vision made it to the big screen cork i was very pleased over the days of the phoenix video yeah. that spoken word stuff though is yeah. the, just the pits yeah teenage death boys teenage death girls i always thought it was deaf boys and girls but apparently it's death teenage death boys teenage death girls yeah yeah so overall Fancy. you thought it was a well-produced song but yeah. where, where does it land for you i like the song a lot okay good yep listening to it again and again and again the O's in the chorus, mm-hmm. they sound just a little bit more high-pitched than they normally do, like a, oh, and it yeah. just, it's a little bit grating okay. listening to it too much. Was this in any video games? No. I, okay. uh, I don't think so. Okay. I could, I could be wrong on that, but they're actually, AFI has a long history of being pretty friendly towards video games. Like, they later do a cover of Head Like a Hole from Nine Inch Nails, mm. and that was in San Andreas, I'm pretty sure. Um, Or at least on the soundtrack for San Andreas, I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but. There's like a good running tally of all the video games nice. that they've been in. Are um, you guys gamers? We should ask. Get to the bottom of that. Yeah, let's get to that hard-hitting question. Uh, next song is Catch a Hot One, which is a really great name for a song. <laughs> I just immediately think of fart or sh- or something like that <laughs> when I hear Catch a Hot One. I think of some like it hot, but hey, to each their own, man. Yeah, whatever. Some like hot sh- Here we go. Catch a Hot One's intro. quite as hardcore as like their previous entries into like these are the hardcore tracks it's yeah. very divided but this is definitely leaning more towards the hardcore side of the spectrum so how many people do you think bought this album on the strength of days of the phoenix skipped to that song immediately sat down in the bed just kind of soaked in the stuff and then sure this next track started and they didn't know what to expect and then it was just like what the hell have i 
Oh dear. I guess I have Why to. Why don't they make this. CD singles anymore? <laughs> yeah, what do you think of Catch a Hot One though? I like it. Um this is like again, this is a really strong album. This is a good song. Uh I have a question for you. Have you ever turned to dust? I was gonna ask you, have you ever turned to dust? Yeah. Now, this is the first song on the album where he does that for lack of a better way to put it, like his little almost rap thing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's not my favorite move of his. Right. And he does it in actually a bonus song later on, too, that we can get to. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we're all kind of turning to dust, because isn't all dust just like skin cells and stuff? <sighs> so we can very definitively answer Davey Havoc's question. But I love in this song uh, where he kind of has like, it feels like the call out, like the back and forth between the band members himself, mm-hmm. where it's like he's yelling at Hunter, where he says like, show me how to shine now. And then the bass line really kicks in. Let's see if we can play that. This sparkly tune. It's <laughs> a funky little track. Also, this song, speaking of breakdowns, uh, it has the rare instance of a breakdown, which is like a higher pitch than the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's like the slow down, kind of get melodic yeah. section of the song. But this one actually kicks it in a little bit. Here it is. And then the band shows him how to shine. He's really into shining and glowing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's an oily man. No, I don't. I don't know what the reason is for that. Um, that is interesting. Yeah, I'd like to run through all of his lyrics. Actually, at some point, I would like just to print out all the lyrics of all of AFI's music and go through them again and just like look for any like connecting themes. I was thinking. What you should do, I'm going to give you some homework, is run yeah. all the lyrics through. God, I know that there are like tools you can do this where you can pull out like four word phrases that pop up most frequently. Do you really know that there's specifically a tool that does that? Yeah, I'll have to track it down. Like avoiding like all like the most common right. words and right, right, right. Oh, that's a really, that'd be really fun. That would be really fun because I feel like AFI in this. Podcast, I have a feeling. Have you ever? <laughs> or you can't make me. That's right. Or just you and I'll me. show you. That's right. Um, but I think we're at the point with this podcast now where the body of work, I'll call it work that's behind us. Yes. feels like a lot. And I'm starting to lose track of like, what have we covered? Like those yeah. threads that I think are easy to connect in the beginning. It's starting to, the rearview mirror is getting full is what I'm saying for okay. finding those connective threads. And okay. I feel like now it's at the point where it's like, I really want to get more hardcore into this. Yeah. And maybe like re-listen to those episodes and try and like pull out some very specific threads. Yeah, for sure. The next level of nerdiness. Maybe once Let's we're do done it. with all these albums, we can go back and make it even more hardcore. Let's do it. Um, all right. Well, that's Catch a Hot One. I think it's I think it's a fun song. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the more like impressive of, I guess, the hardcore end of the spectrum for Art of yeah. Drowning. So next song, we uh, Wesker. Not the... quite. Not quite. We got Wester, which is a weird name, but I really like it. <laughs> all right. Let's listen to the beginning of Wester.
there we go. The pretty little chorus. Nothing can mm-hmm. stop us now. What do you think of Wester? I, I think it's interesting is he obviously thinks highly of his lyrics because I sure. mean, you don't have spoken word sections in a song if you don't think that, you know? Right. So it's interesting that this is the first album that I think is really mixed in such a way that you can understand what he's saying. Like it doesn't seem deliberately obscured. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Okay, do you like do you like the lyrics? Well, it's overall? funny because <laughs> that, like this one, for instance, when you do understand what he's saying, you're like, "Ah, oh, this ain't great," you know. It's it been. Yeah, I mean, I can feel you dreaming of me. I can feel you dreaming. I can feel you. Well, that's the worst like, part of, but, to read, I guess. But like, like the very beginning, like when he's talking about, I could feel you waiting for me in the dawn, or like, when the sun retreats to the hills, and I below the blanket of the burning sky, wrap myself within, embraced by dead leaves, as the rain leaves trails of black down my face. And I creep through the twilight to that hidden place beyond the lonely. I'll meet you tonight in the whispers when no one's around. So it's just a, a sweet little love song, I guess you could see it as. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think a, a question, though, seriously. Um, yeah. So when they first started out, sure, they were playing shows. They were uh, not a boy band. They were you know, a band <laughs> performing. A band they, of boys. They assembled themselves, uh-huh. and he was the lead singer. Sure. He wasn't a great singer. Right. He was mostly screaming. Do you think that he knew he was a good singer and was just withholding it because he was shy? No. Or do you think that he lucked into it over time and found what works for him? Yeah, I don't know if that's luck, but it's, I guess it's just a matter of dialing himself in. Because I, I, in interviews, he does talk about like the early days, and he makes it seem like the his group of friends just wanted to be in a band, mm-hmm. and then he chose to be the singer. He's like, ah, it's basically just, you know randomly uh choosing to be a singer it's like a russian roulette type thing like oh, yeah. i guess somebody has to do it i got it. i guess i'll do it um but then i guess you'd imagine that throughout the course of the band's trajectory that he's kind of dialing in exactly what he thinks that he's really talented at mm-hmm. and it's that screaming level that's pretty unique yeah um but so i don't know if lucked into it is fair but it is interesting to think about that and maybe that's what separates bands we know from bands that we don't mm-hmm. is like the main singer just having enough ego to want to try it in the beginning and yeah. then just being able to find new levels of their voice or not. Yeah. But, uh, all right, there's Wester, everybody. Um, oh, I do have another point with Wester. What's that? Uh, later on, there's a strange little guitar part here. I'm going to kick it in. Do tell. That, those are drums. Well, it's tough to tell. This part always threw me for a loop. Because there's two guitars happening. Right. It's a twin guitar attack. Yeah, so I don't know who is playing the other guitar or how that works, or if Hunter put down the guitar and put ghost. down the bass, picked another one. Could be the ghost below the stairs mm-hmm. or upon the stage, wherever the hell that goddamn ghost is these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it always is just odd, and I, I don't know why that one part of that one song said to go with two guitars just to like, it's Sounded not like it's cool. Sounds cool, but it's not like it adds that much to it. If it was just the one guitar, it wouldn't sound empty or hollow in any way, but. Well, to be fair, they've also had music boxes and <laughs> spooky thunderclaps. So. Who played that thunder? That's all I want to know. God. And that was a really steady cranking. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> all right. Uh, next song is six to eight. Listen. This is another song where I think that the register he's picked yes. to sing in is not flattering. You're totally right. Yes. 100%. Seriously, did he have a cold? My next note. He really did not. I think he's just experimenting. But here's the beginning of six to eight.
I guess it always it is a little bit like over in a day where they just need that place to build from and so if they start as quiet as possible with just the little guitar piece singing a ballad about six figures i think he's demonstrated you can sing quietly without right digging that deep yeah yeah no it's definitely i mean there's been songs where he's kind of escalated in the past he doesn't start this low before yeah um but Don't. i remember this song always stood out to me in a very dorky way because like when i was super into afi around this time probably like you know 2000 one mm-hmm. or so i was also really really into like jrpgs and so that line about six figures entering they've come to destroy the world i always thought of like oh it's like kefka or something for final fantasy six <laughs> it's really <laughs> effing dorky but then this song gets less dorky as it progresses yeah walk me through this one yeah it it has a lot to it um so i really like when it starts to layer in so here we go I really like this section of the song and as they're layering in new sounds and instruments along the way as it kind of is like that certain beat of like the dun 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 and as it keeps building up the song I think it is really really cool. Mm-hmm. The chorus I've never really been the biggest fan of. Yeah. But I like it when it's simple and layered and building to something mm-hmm. but then I feel like the guitar just kind of crashes in like this wave at a certain point here and I've never really liked the sound of it. Just because it has such a cool layered progression to it, then it's like, eh, and then, you know, some music. What are you doing there, Cork? Listening to other music? Nope. Like, at a certain point later in the song, mm-hmm. this is a weird thing to connect to AFI, but it almost feels like a 70s rock song at a certain point, and maybe it's a stretch to, like, compare it to Freebird, but there's just, like, the way that they add guitar in later to this song, it always just sounds out of time for AFI. So here's an example yeah. of that. It's a different sounding guitar than they normally go for. Nothing really haunting, but it does. It just feels older than I guess AFI was at this time. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy this song, Ben? Not particularly. Okay. Seems like you're kind of steering away from the more dynamic, not quite epics, but uh, just a lot of variety of sound packed into it. I, again, I think if, if variety of sound means him doing that awful deep voice at the beginning, yeah. I'm totally not on board. <laughs> okay. Uh I would like a montage of mm-hmm. them singing this song live and then getting to this part with like a guitar solo. Yeah. And then just like a rapid fire montage of like Jade's face when he's stepping into this guitar part. Okay. It's coming up here. So just a series of O's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, he was so happy with himself. Yeah. This song's really funny because I was looking for live footage of it to find that exact O face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found them playing it in 2013. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're still playing six to eight in 2013. And so I clicked on it and I recommend you check it out because it's funny to see. Uh, but they really fuck it up. Really? Yeah. And like, I thought it was Jade and the guitar work in the beginning that's kind of messing it up. But Davey, it seems like he's kind of blaming himself for it. But like for the first minute of the song, it's just them kind of looking at each other like, is this how it goes? Like oh. it's it's really rough. But the crowd is super, super into it. And it's really sweet to see because they just kind of carry him through it. And then mm-hmm. Davey's like, oh, thanks for getting us through that one, guys. Holy cow. Like, sorry <laughs> for that. But uh, see, I like my version of Sir David Havoc more where he's just he'd, he'd be like super angry and he'd like walk off stage in a snit. He wouldn't say, holy cow. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, gee whiz, guys. You really pulled us through that little hang up. Heads will roll. <laughs> All right. Um, that's six to eight. I still I still like this song a fair amount. Um, next one is Despair Factor. Yeah. Speaking of a song that really changes and goes places, let's just listen to the beginning of Despair Factor. Okay. What the hell is this? I remember a friend of mine tried to convince me that AFI sucked because oh, no. Adam, because Adam, he's like a drummer, mm-hmm. uh, and he said that Adam uses a drum machine, and I think like his main piece of evidence for that was the intro to the song. <laughs> he was just so turned off by that electronic thing, like dun, 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 dun. it's a weird sound to have them start experimenting with electronica just for like the very beginning of this one song. Yeah, I know there's kind of like some distortion in some earlier work, uh, but this is. I don't know why you would do that. It certainly makes the song stand out in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sorry, I shouldn't uh, tip my hand too much. What do you think about Despair Factor? Gosh, I don't even know how we start this one. Okay. What do you think of your life? Because I know my whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. It is kind of like one big dark room. You're really running through this entire song. Let's get to like the chorus just to remind okay. people what we're dealing with here. This is fine. Love it. Keep rocking. Don't stop. Life is a dark room. One big dark room. Did you recognize the quote? No. Ah, because it bothered me because I was a huge fan of this movie growing up. It's one of the movies that I watched again and again. And listening to this album, I didn't immediately place it because it's not the most memorable line from that movie. Mm -hmm. But... It's kind of harkening back to the answer that in Stay Fashionable days where they would just insert movie drops in there, mm-hmm. except this is a variation because it's just Davey saying it. Yeah. But it is from Lydia in Beetlejuice, mm. where she's like, right when they get to the house, she's wearing like the veil. Right. And uh, Charles says, as soon as we get settled, we'll build you a dark room in the basement, okay? Mm-hmm. And then she says, my whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. Mm. Do you think it belittles or like uh, brings down the song at all? I thought it was weird at first, and now it' a little worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? That quotes from that's silly. 
Would you prefer that it was just an original quote? I would have preferred it was something from like Who Framed Roger Rabbit if we're going to do something like that. <laughs> I tried to warn you he was into Tim yeah. Burton around this time, man. Yeah. Really defines a lot for him. Uh, yeah, the quote, if I could press a magic button and get it out of there, I totally would. I still think the song holds up so well that it doesn't bring it down too much. Mm. Um, so the layering, especially in this song coming up here, is really what sets it over the edge for me. And here's your favorite ASMR, Davey. Yep. Remember the acronym this time. I feel like they need like a DSer mm-hmm. or some sort of a filter for the audio here. Yeah. It's just him sucking on that mic. Oh. Okay, so you don't like the quote, you don't like the Whisper Davy. You wouldn't like me to. <laughs> God damn it. I'm a rebel. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Despair Factor? Uh, this one is like when the roller coaster is just screaming faster and faster for me, like my interest in the album, because it's just plummeting immediately. What if I told you this was uh, the top of the roller coaster for me? This is my favorite song in the album. You're out of your mind. No, you're Despair absolutely Factor, out of your mind. And listening to it, it was like, man, this is an old one in my heart for AFI. This is like one of like the first AFI songs I really got into. Listening to this album again, I think it's the strongest song and the most fun song on the album. I think the chorus is awesome. You are a maniac. I, I do. We need to listen to this entire thing right now. No, you don't think that chorus is awesome? Like the waiting under the stairs, waiting by the stairs. Okay. Uh, I, I look, just don't get it. I'm sorry. I will let you know this song was so popular they ended up naming the entire uh, fan community after it. So like eventually after this album, AFI set up what was called the Despair Faction. Mm-hmm. And remember, it was like a big thing on their site uh, back in the day where they took a poll from the community to try and figure out what they should name this like special uh, fan club. Yeah. And Despair Faction won. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a good name. But mm-hmm. they like sent him a bunch of uh special things and like, like a stickers. street team yeah something like that and so i was never part of it nobody i don't think any of my friends were but it's always something i was really curious about yeah and it's all named after despair factor interesting the, the best song on the album <laughs> it is a song that is on this album holy cow that. all right uh next song is morning star so do you read the song titles before you listen to a song uh you mean like re-listening to it now like you get a new album. Yeah. You read the song titles as you're listening to the songs. No, I guess not. I mean, it's tough with just my iPhone and playing music off that. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm switching to the new song, then I'll typically see it. But like, if I'm driving in my car. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not hell bent on like, what are all these names? Okay. Why? Because Morningstar, I immediately thought that's a manufacturer of those veggie burgers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't know if that it may have tainted my. Initial thoughts on this song. Well, I mean, Davey's probably a pretty big fan of veggie burgers. I don't know if they're vegan, though. They're maybe oh, egg yeah. protein yeah, or something. I, I don't know. I can see that. Anyways, let's listen to the beginning of Morningstar. Okay. It's certainly closer to every step you take than I remember for this guitar work in the beginning. 
Okay, that song will slowly build throughout the course yeah. of it. But this is very much their God called in sick today. Yeah. Kind of a emotional ballad at the end of the album. I don't know if this is gonna work, Ben Hansen. Yeah. But this is what the opening reminded me of. Okay. And it goes a little something like this. Oh boy. Yeah. So anyway, and it took me forever. Like I was like, "What is that song?" And I had to like sing it through in my mind. And I finally got to the chorus. I was like, oh, "Okay, that's what that was." But anyway, yeah, no, I can totally see that connection. That's it was def- killing me. That's definitely there. Oh man, I'm glad you scratched that itch for me too. Um, what it really should have reminded you of. Uh, <laughs> here, let me let me jump back to it because uh, I always liked Morning Star. I'm sorry to kind of tip my hand. Uh huh. Um, I'm curious what you thought of it. Right now, you should tell me. Oh, it's like, are you waiting? This seems like another one of those fame is really tough kind of songs and like reconciling. Am I the star under the stairs? Right. Am I a guy on the stage? Am I a ghost? And then he's right. like, I don't want to die. Yeah. Here, do you I... want me to read the lyrics for you? Yeah, it's basically what I just said. Yeah. No, I think, I think you got the, I think you got the core of it. Um, Am I your anything? And I don't want to die tonight. Will you believe in me? I don't want to fall into the light. Will you wish upon? Will you walk upon me? I don't want to die tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in me tonight? Uh, that's by the time it really kicks in. But what mm-hmm. made this song more interesting to me is, I'm sure I thought of this back in the day, but I completely forgot about it. But listening to it, because there are the lyrics about, um, right in the beginning, Yeah. about, uh, I saw a star beneath the stairs. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, that's really weird because the chorus for Despair Factor is waiting by the stairs. Yeah. It's like, it's weird they have two stairs song in a row. In a row. And then after that, there's a line, am I the ghost upon the stage? Then you remembered, oh yeah, ghost upon the stage. That's the lyrics from Days of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of reminded me like, oh, maybe this is part of the continuity that they're really talking about is like Morningstar. It basically is like the remixed last song mm-hmm. in Rhythm Heaven. You know, once you beat like all the stages, then you get like the remix version. This is like a culmination of like the entire album musically. This is their Glass Onion, basically. What's the Glass Onion? The Beatles song is oh, basically like compiling all the other stuff. Oh, okay. I've never heard road. that song. That sounds interesting. Check it out. It's a good song. Huh. But uh, just to refresh your memory here, let's listen to the beginning of Morningstar again. But something I didn't catch until this listen is this is Morningstar, and then this is the very beginning of the album with Initiation. Oh, wow. It's just a slowed down version of Morningstar. Which I think is cool and adds to that kind of like remixed angle of the entire song. But I do like where it eventually builds and eventually gets to him bordering on his screaming voice mm-hmm. later on in Morningstar. Here's 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 where it goes to. The violin in the background is just cheating. Makes it sound too cool. Yeah. And so I do like this song. I feel like God Calling Sick Today has more of an emotional impact 
Um, and I think I probably like God Call and Sick Day a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bummer too that they're kind of just repeating essentially the same trick. Yeah. Of closing out with the big emotional ballad, but I mean, I guess that's common across so many albums. It just stands out for AFI. Yeah. But do you have any other big thoughts on Morningstar? Not especially. It was like an okay song. Like, okay. It didn't really stand out. Like, holy cow, I can't believe it. I think that the buildup was really cool until it's just him repeating the same thing. It didn't like add an extra layer, which right. would have been cool to hear. Yeah. No, I, I I think I can see that. Um. So then that leads into Battled. Our which is the hidden track the hidden track and it's like, like it is 12 minutes in there or something isn't it it's, it's ridiculous oh, i had mp3 so mine were a little bit different so mine i just started right away oh i didn't have to wait around like it's a, a big long ass gap and then at the end of the road is a song called battle let's take a listen let's do it Battle, yeah. Uh, it is a short song. Yeah, I mean, it definitely God. sounds like real couple albums back. Afi, mercifully short. Yeah, it's weird because I mean they're basically basically doing the same trick where like the bonus song for uh, Black Sails Midnight Sun is also a pretty hardcore song, but that's mm-hmm. kind of like that more communal thing. And I think it is a really good song. Yeah. Whereas Battle is just like here's a hardcore song just to watch that Morning Star taste out of your mouth. Have a good time. We'll see ya. And this is an example of a song that doesn't have a breakdown yeah this, this is your end goal this is what you ultimately want uh but if it's no breakdown man it's just like a minute and a half long speed thing i've fucking battled we've battled man yeah <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big throwaway in my mind oh yeah okay i don't even consider it part of this album oh really i think after after let's just come up with some arbitrary number after eight and a half minutes yeah you're now doing your own thing <laughs> you're no longer a hidden track you're just right let's Pluto's no longer a planet. This little iceberg fragment that's been kicked off. All right. I can see it. See you later. Uh, So then, after Battled, Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to count it, there is a bonus song, um, which is like available on iTunes now. It's part of like a Punkzilla compilation, Mm. but it was featured on a vinyl edition, and it's called Dream of Waking. And I really wish they would have included this instead of Battled as the bonus song, because I do like Dream of Waking. Uh, So here's, here's a taste of that. I have not heard this. Oh, great. Stream of Waking. There's a part later on that I think you're really like, get a kick out of. Well, it's... I think here, let me tell you what I think about this song. I think like it starts oh, off sure. super strong. There's like a nice stomping kind of rhythm to it. Uh huh. And then again, there comes a breakdown where it's like, all right, you're doing something a little different. I don't know if I like it. But... Are, are you just going blind on Dream of Waking? Yep. Okay. Turns out <laughs> you you're go. pretty close. So here's the interesting breakdown, which gets back to borderline rappy Davy Havoc. I think it's a strong chorus, strong song. Oh, 
what? <laughs> All right, that's the breakdown for Dream of Waking. Hmm. I, yeah, it's it's. I think it falls pretty safely in Art of Drowning. Yeah, proper, and it should have been inserted. In yeah, there. it seems like it fits in there. Yeah, for, for sure. Worse, uh, but that's Dream of Waking. That one bonus track. Yep. But uh, that's that's Art of Drowning overall, man. So, what is your? You said your favorite song is Despair Factor. Despair Factor. Yeah. Okay. I, I cannot imagine you being so disgusted by that idea. This is crazy it's, to me. It's just not disgusting. It's just like really weird. Oh. Maybe it's nostalgia, man, but I f***ing love it. Even now when he says, My life is one dark room. Yeah, I really connected one with that. big dark room. I think it's cool. What um, is he whispering, by the way? I don't think you told me. Uh, let's see. Despair factor. The whole whisper mm-hmm. is some. Do you want me to whisper it or say it? Just say it. Somehow By I whispering. <laughs> Somehow I ended up here in between where there is always the comfort of knowing I'll never be seen. When I fall, I wait for just one touch and I fall. Weightless, endless, faithless, I'll adore you. A single touch before I fade. Painless, let me pass through. Weightless, endless, faithless. Have you guys seen Beetlejuice? A single touch before I fade. Painless, let me pass through. There we go. Uh, so that's my favorite song in the album, my least favorite. I am including it. I'm clearly going battled. I'm fucking battled, man. <laughs> oh, you're putting that as your last, your least favorite? Yeah. That's a cop out. No, it's, it's not. It's a complete cop out. Because that song. What? If we count bonus songs before. All right. I'm really disgusted. That can't be your. Okay. All that, right. That would be my worst too, but I just don't consider it. Okay, I'm going uh, Smile. Smile is yes. the worst. I would say... Uh, yes, I, I have to say six to eight. Okay. It's probably my least favorite. Good. I, I, I think my second favorite uh, sacrifice theory is up there, mm-hmm. but I think it might be ever in a day. So I was kind of surprised that you're as cool on that one as you were. Let me tell you my favorite one. Yeah. I like The Lost Souls. Lost Souls is your favorite, just right mm-hmm. out of the gate. Yeah, I like that a lot. Let's take a listen to Lost Souls. I like Souls, that man. single, too. Days of the Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, great, interesting. Great song. Yeah, I'm curious what you think of kind of poppy AFI, but here's Lost Souls again. Yeah. Yeah, great song. It's interesting. So I'm still trying to figure out your taste, Cork, moving forward. You yeah. don't like talking Davey. No. Uh, you don't like low voice Davey. Mm-mm. You don't mind pop, but you also like a good, aggressive, yep. just kind of thrusty song. I don't like Whisper no. and Davey. I, I just like-, like my second least favorite song mm-hmm. is Initiation because of what it did to the Lost Souls, not by its own merits. By Keep itself. that crap away from my Lost Souls. Exactly. It's, it's less than two seconds. That's all it takes. It's all it takes, man. Yeah. It's all it takes uh, to hear something horrible. Well, I'm yeah. surprised you're. What if there was like a in in. Uh, that despair song. What if yeah. there was like a trombone that t- lasted two <laughs> seconds? You wouldn't go, man, this is two seconds. Everybody can tolerate a little bit of trombone. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of his quote about the dark room. Kind of punctuating one dark room. So overall, I think this album is interesting. It's like with Clove Smoke and God Called Insect Today and Black Sails, mm-hmm. you know, they... We're kind of pushing their boundaries and going for a more slower paced, more beautiful sounding song, I guess, overall. And it seems like with Art of Drowning, it's still a relatively fun album, but they kind of like took that, those valleys of tempo 
with uh, that Black Sails had, and they kind of like smoothed it over the whole thing. Yeah. So they tried to add a much more variety of speed and sounds in each song and going throughout the entire album, I guess. Yeah, so it just feels like kind of like a smoother, safer Black Sails. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, for sure. But I also think, at the same time, it's a less fun version of Black Sails. Yeah. Um, and so listening to it again, mm. first instinct was this isn't as good as I remember. Yeah. And now, like, listen to it like three or four times now again. Uh, and I still really, really like it. I think it's really strong, but mm-hmm. I think I, I can't deny that Black Sails has a better album. Yeah. I have a tendency to agree with you. I think this is a seven. A me. seven, really? Yeah. yeah. That's slipping more than I expected. Yeah. For one that you kept saying was like a, a good song or like a good album overall. Yeah, I think the, the last couple of tracks really drag it down. But Morningstar, you said you didn't mind. Despair Factor wasn't that bad in your mind. And even though a lot of the songs that I, I consider to be really strong overall yeah, have parts in them that if I were playing them to someone I was trying to introduce the band to, sure, I would kind of like cringe a little bit like, oh, God, here comes this one part. I hope they don't like they don't listen to it. It's hard because it's, it's really lame. It's dopey? Yeah, there's a lot of dopiness in the <laughs> okay. songs. And again, we went back to, he was 25 years old right, when he wrote this. Mm-hmm. And I've wasted my entire life in whatever. But there's still stuff, it's just really dopey. I think that's the okay. perfect way to put it. Yeah, I guess it's fair. I guess, moving forward, it was interesting just kind of reading like interviews with what they're interested in these days. And Rice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> that's right. No, no, but uh, they're talking about how... Uh, like their Dave was saying, his favorite songs to sing are like "God Called and Sick Today" mm-hmm. and "Morning Star," and it feels like the more hardcore songs on this album are a little bit undercooked. Yeah, uh, kind of thrown out there, so it kind of you can kind of get a sense of like what they're passionate about. It seems like the hardcore stuff is some of the least, least interesting stuff on the album. So, can you blame them for like maybe wanting to diversify a little bit more? Yeah. Um. So, that's Art of Drowning. What do you give it? Oh yeah, give me a number. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give it. I'll give it like. I don't know how many points we're working on the scale, but I give it like a good 825. 825, all right. Yeah, somewhere on there. Okay. Um, But what's tricky is moving forward is the next big album is Sing the Sorrow. Um, But I feel personally very invested in this valley that exists between Art of Drowning and Sing the Sorrow. Okay, what does that mean? I mean, like, since I got into AFI right when Art of Drowning was coming out or like after Art of Drowning came out, like... I dove in super deep, and then it was three years before Sing the Sorrow. Came oh, really? Out. And so it was a lot of like anticipation for me, and like really anticipating what this was going to sound like. Um, and they released a couple tracks, and there was like a three three six vinyl. Uh, the the vinyl was called three three six. Okay, which is an important number. Remember it for later. But um, in that they have two tracks. They have one called Reavers Music, and now the World. Okay. And so I think we should cover that stuff. Kind of like make a whole episode. The next one's going to be another short one. But basically mm-hmm. treat it like an EP episode, but it's just kind of like the bits and bops between Art of Drowning and Sing the Sorrow because I think it's an important gap in AFI's history. Cool. You want to do it? Let's do it. Cool. They have a couple of dumb surprises in there too. But I'm with each episode that we record, I'm more and more looking forward to hearing Sing the Sorrow. I haven't listened to it in a really long time. Yeah. And I think it's an important one. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to it too. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening to this dissection of Art of Drowning. Be sure to send us your feedback, and we'll be sure to keep it in mind. All right. And until next time, we are out. AFI. AFI. Bye-bye.
cool. <laughs> Hello? Hey. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I booted up State of Decay. I'm not really sure what you're talking about as far as different game modes go. Uh, right in the title screen. By the way, you're on the podcast right now. You're, you're calling into my phone. But um, oh, okay. that I was trying to play music off of. But right in the title screen, there's three different modes. It says Breakdown, Lifeline, and, and Normal on, or whatever. On Xbox One? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I I see. Uh, I'll let you know what I'm seeing. Uh, well, oh, it's, well, maybe I had to restart it to do, like, it had to activate some extra DLC. Oh, okay. Breakdown is the one? Yeah, that, that's the one I like. That's just strip story out. Can, okay. can you hear is, Cork right is, now? Is Cork with you? Yeah. Can you hear him? Hi. Okay. I, don't I think... can hear Cork. Okay. Cool. Which one does Cork think that I should play? Uh, it, it's tough because I think that this is for the podcast, right? Yeah. I would suggest listening, playing the story, but just to kind of get the sense of it, because I think you'll still understand the mechanics. Breakdown is more like once you kind of get the gist of it, you just want to do it without getting annoyed by being told what to do all the time. Keep in mind that he has played the story before. Like, he started the game before. Oh, Tim has? Yeah. Oh, do Breakdown. I didn't beat it. Yeah, just do Breakdown then. Sound good? Just Breakdown? Just Breakdown, man. Okay. All right, well, you guys take it easy. Bye. All right, bye, Tim. Bye.